to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers, episode seven. My name is Samantha. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Jocelyn. How are we doing? Everybody! I'm good. Great. It's a lovely day. It's warm out here. How are you doing, Sam? I am wonderful. I'm enjoying this weather, and I know that once the weather starts getting nice, this is really when WNBA season really, like, kicks off for me, because yeah. we're full steam ahead into the season. So I'm ready to get into these highlights because yeah, it's getting hot. The weather's getting hot. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> hot highlights too. <laughs> okay. So go ahead and share with us your highlight of the week. Okay. So my highlight of the week, y'all, had to be no other than my girl, a former Gamecocks NCAA women's basketball champion, we might need to grab a glass of Henny, y'all, because I'm talking about <laughs> Destiny Henderson, baby. She is back in WNBA. Clap it up, y'all. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. As some of y'all know, uh, she was drafted back in 2022 in the second round and the 20th overall pick to the Indiana Fever. So when Aaliyah Boston <laughs> was drafted to the same team, I was so excited. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna be able to play together. And once, and first of all, on this high, high stage, it's really big, the highest level, basically, this pro stage. Um, so I was super excited. But unfortunately, the fever waived Henderson on May 16th, ahead of the start of the 2023 season. Also, let's not forget, Henderson played in all 36 of those games her rookie season and started in five of them. So she was, you know, she was around. She was in and up and in there. But unfortunately, she was waived. But there was hope for the point guard yet because this past Friday, the Los Angeles Sparks announced that they have signed Destiny to an emergency hardship contract. And for those who don't know, uh, an emergency hardship contract is a temp is temporary, and it means a WNBA team is either below uh, ten available players because of either injuries or illness, or in some cases, their behinds are overseas. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, so that means Destiny can be on the roster. She can't be on the roster for that long, possibly, but who knows what she might bring to the table. She might be able to stick around for some time. And uh, my girl Cook was interviewed, and she was saying that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, she was like, um, uh, that she was excited to see Destiny come through and she was excited to see her get there and she just needs to put in the work at the end of her contract and maybe that hard work will pay off. So what do you think, Sam? Destiny has a chance to be a Sparks, you know, home team person? Like, do you think she's going to be there for a while? Or This is exciting. I honestly, I mean, you never know how long they're going to, you know, be on the roster with these hardship contracts. But I think that, the great thing about it is that it gives you another opportunity to showcase your talents, you know, and it just proves that even though you may get waived um, at any point, whether it be in training camp or once the season started, there's always opportunities presenting themselves. And all you need is that one opportunity to, you know, showcase your talents. And so I know that Lexi Brown had mentioned when um, in 2020 season, when they were in the bubble, how important it is to always be in your best shape. Because yeah. you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. And so Destiny Henderson uh -oh. was just minding her business after she got waived in training camp. 
But obviously she stayed on her grind. She stayed in shape. And so when the call was made, all she had to do was grab a, a duffel bag and was like, where do I need to be in at what time? I'm you in. know? And okay. so it, it really, I mean, unfortunately the Sparks have been plagued with injury this season so far. It's only been well, a quarter of the season and we've already had some sort of flu-like illness running through the roster. So I think 75% of the roster has been out at one point or another with some sort of virus-like illness. We've also had injuries. Non-COVID-related. Non-COVID. <laughs> We've also had injuries coming, you know, that pe people had or were recovering from coming into the season as well as additional injuries once the season started. So Kurt Miller has really had a hard time kind of, you know, juggling his roster and his starting five. And so – I'm excited to see that Destiny Henderson has another shot because she's like, she deserves another shot. And I hate to say that because I don't mean to think that other people don't deserve a shot, but it, like I said, it's just a testament to you always have to be ready because you just never know when the opportunity is going to present itself. And when you get a call, whether it be from your agent or from the team themselves, you know, you never want to be in a position where you say, no, I'm just, I'm not ready. You know, you exactly. always want to be ready to say ready that I'm ready because other people are looking at you, you know, not only are the Sparks looking at her, but let's say she were to get, you know, released from a hardship contract tomorrow. Another team might be like, well, I could use her. Yeah. You know, she, she can have a home here, you know, so you never know where your feet are going to land. And so I, I applaud, you know, these women that take these hardship contracts because they know that the opportunity is coming. Right. Yeah, I'm super excited for her. And I mean, I'm really, really stoked to see her and, and Cook. Cooking up together, please. If if Kurt puts them in at the same daggone time, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna be like they're on a pro level, playing on the same stage together. We didn't get it with Aaliyah Boston, but we're gonna get it with Cook. And I think they were like a great uh, dynamic duo on that guard front. So I really hope he puts her in, and I really hope she she shows him what she's got. We ready. We ready for show. <laughs> so my highlight. <laughs> My highlight of the week, I kind of have like an honorable mention and then my actual highlight. So my honorable mention is I just needed to give a nod to all of the rookies out here that have found themselves a spot on the starting five. Zaya Cook, Jordan Wilson, Haley Jones have found themselves working their way into the starting lineup. And it really doesn't matter how you get there, whether it be your starting player was injured or, you know, your starting player went overseas, whatever it may be, or maybe your starting player just isn't doing what they need to do. You know, whatever the circumstances are, it's, you know, like we said, any opportunity is a great opportunity, you know, and so this is their time to shine. It may not be forever, but, you know, these are their moments. And so we want to give some accolades to them because they worked hard. They're coming off of their NCAA season. Um, and so to see them now taking, you know, their talent again up another notch mm -hmm. um, it just is a testament to the trust that these coaches, um, Tanisha Wright in Atlanta for Haley, um, Kurt Miller um, with the Sparks for Zaya and Noel Quinn in Seattle with Jordan. It just shows the trust that they have already started to develop with these players so early, which is hard to do because yeah. they're learning each other. You know, coaches are learning their players. Players are learning the coaches. Right. And everybody's learning about the dynamic of the team. So it's just, you know, it's a testament to, you know, when you put in the work, when you go in the gym every day and do what you're supposed to do, eventually you will get seen, you know? 
Yeah. So shout outs to them. My real highlight of the week is actually a little bit more of an annoyance. Oof. Lay it on us, Sam. We have had previous conversations about the media or certain media personnel not doing their due diligence with these players. And recently, something that has been grinding my gears is the mispronunciation of a certain player's name on the Dallas Wings. Okay. Arike Ogumbawale. Oh, yeah. Nobody. Nobody you. We still haven't gotten it down yet. And there's no excuse because she has been a household name since what, 2018 when yeah, the Notre Dame won the championship? At this point, okay, and I think the confusion started, you know, because this season in particular, the PR team for the Dallas Wings went on Twitter and was basically saying that people were pronouncing her name wrong. And so they decided to spell her name phonetically Phonetically. on Twitter for everybody to know. But I don't know that they actually spelled it phonetically correct because loud and wrong. I hear like R-E-K I hear R-E-K 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 like I've heard so many different variations of a I don't <laughs> I really don't understand and it's a little bit frustrating because I know in the English the American English language. We have so many silent letters. Mm-hmm. Letters can have different sounds depending it's on how language. the variations of the letters. It's a tough language to learn. But one thing that I know, especially in um, like Nigerian culture and even other African cultures, not to say that I'm an expert, but is that their names are spelled the way you're supposed to pronounce them. Mm-hmm. Like A-R-I-K-E is Arike, not Arike, not Arike. It's Arike. Yeah. Ogun Bawale. Like it's literally spelled Ogun Bawale. I don't know how people could mess that up either, but we got to do better because I know Chene has had problems with people saying her name wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we can pronounce Sabrina Yanescu, we got to do better about figure it out. They always we seem to figure, figure it out. And yeah. shout out to Players her hoop stats because I found out also on Twitter that on her hoop stats, not only is it like a source for like coaches and players and normal people even to get stats on like anything women's basketball. So if you ever want to nerd out, go on her hoop stats. They got all the details. But if you go on there, they have pronunciations of just about everybody in the league's names mm-hmm. and it's spoken by the player. So yeah. especially those people that you have a hard time pronouncing their name, or maybe you need to hear it from the player themselves, how they pronounce their names, go on mm-hmm. herstats.com because you will hear Arike say her name and it's not any of those other things y'all say. It's Arike. <laughs> so I mean, shout out to them for making that available to everybody, lay people and everybody else in the basketball world, because it's important. Yeah, it is important. I mean, names are important. That's how we recognize each other. That's how we introduce ourselves. You know, if anything, I know a lot of people have been having challenges with pronouns and all of that, 
but you can't get the name wrong when somebody, when the actual person is telling you what their name is, you got to get that right, man. You got to. And I mean, listen, I understand that sometimes the pronunciations of some names are harder than others. Let's just be real and honest about that. But, you know, if you're going to be on camera or you're going to be actually like, you know, commenting, comment, you're giving commentary on the game and you're referencing a player, you need to have their name right. You got to do that, especially if you're on the PR team and you <laughs> saying it wrong. I know that um, even on some of the WNBA bios for each player, they have a little soundboard where you can click a sound icon. You can click on it to hear how you pronounce their name. Not everyone has that, but that is also very helpful in case, you know, there is a name that's a little tough. I mean, I had issues with Sabrina's name as well. I can't lie. And, you know, other people's names too. But you correct yourself. And when you know the time is like, you know, when you're on in the spotlight, you got to get that name right. So I completely agree. That is annoying. We have a special guest with us today, and I'm so excited to bring her on. She is a graduate of Bullis School in Potomac, Maryland, where she was a McDonald's All-American in 2014. She played at Duke University. And although her college career was riddled with some injury and her retirement came sooner than she would have expected, she has since found her passion as a mental health advocate while still immersing herself in the world of basketball. So let's welcome to our show, Lene Belton. Hey, hello. Hi. (laughs) Hey, girl. We are so excited to have you on. And for those of you that don't know, I have known Lene for the better part of my life. <laughs> hey, so you kind of tell me how you guys met, though, before we start everything. How did you How did you ladies meet? We went to, I think I was in either, I think I was in elementary school and Sam was in middle school then. We went to the same oh. school and her mother actually was one of my teachers. Um, and her family has been like a great addition to my family throughout the years. We keep up with each other. Um, Adam, her brother is, I think only one year older than me. So we were close in middle school and everything. But yeah. Oh, y'all are practically family. So she is an extended version of my family, but now she is an extension of Beyond the Bleachers because she is a sophisticated spectator in her own us started and to have our listeners get to know a little bit about you we are going to play a little bit of rapid fire in a segment that we are calling girl it's this or that okay okay (laughs) all right so just first thing that comes to your mind duke or unc duke nike or adidas nike x's and o style offense or free-flowing style offense x's and o's Right now, would you rather play for South Carolina or LSU? South Carolina. Will the Aces repeat or will we crown a new champion? Repeat. Who would you rather for Rookie of the Year, Aaliyah Boston or Zaya Cook? Aaliyah Boston. MVP, will Asia Wilson get it again or will someone else take the title? Someone else going to take the title. Who's that someone else? Ooh, 
She put you on the spot. First thing, I know. First thing that came to mind was Aaliyah Boston. Aaliyah Boston, I love it. Who would you like to see um, have an expansion team, North Carolina or Florida? Florida. What does the WNBA need to do to expand the league? Create more teams or market themselves better? Create more teams. Create more teams. Awesome. <laughs> you fit right in, Sam. I'm just saying, you fit right in, Lene. <laughs> Thank you. With the Leah Boston first and then the Aces. I can't she won my heart over, Sam. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, she's doing amazing right now. So I'm, I'm, that's why I said South Carolina because um, I coach basketball now, but when my girls are thinking about, should I, should I, should I return South Carolina's call? Should I consider them seriously? I tell them like Dawn Staley is a guard. However, she produces some great bigs. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying her guards are not good or anything, but with Asia Wilson, um, Aaliyah Boston, and countless other bigs that she's had, they have had more success. And watching them from their freshman year to their senior year, just that expansion, or even from freshman year to WNBA now, just having her guide them through, they're killing it. And I'm also a little biased because I was a big too. (laughs) (laughs) I was a guard, but like, yeah, I mean, you're so right about that. She has definitely produced insanely amazing posts like bigs like it's crazy look at asia wilson i mean a huge mm-hmm. name and already Aaliyah boston is stamping her ticket to just follow right up long suit so good choices good choices <laughs> so we want to get to know a little bit more about you lene um so growing up who had the biggest impact on your basketball career probably kobe my or are you talking about Player-wise or, like, just, like, my inspiration in general? Let's do both. Yeah. Okay. So, player-wise, I would definitely say Kobe. Um, and it kind of falls into why my inspiration, which is my dad. He was a huge Lakers and Kobe fan, and he got me started with basketball. So, I kind of just, while I was following him around and <laughs> at sporting events, and he would take me to things or we would watch um, – we will watch games downstairs together and everything. It would always be Lakers and Kobe. So, so them two are my, my inspirations. Nice. So when did you start like actually loving basketball? Started loving basketball, probably eighth grade when I got my first offer. And, you know, that's kind of when things started to click for me. Cause I started pretty late. Um, I started when I was 12 years old and my dad, my mom never wanted me to play basketball. She was like, it's a tomboy sport. You should be a, che- I was a cheerleader and I was a gymnast and I got injured one time and I'm like 5'11 already. And so they're like, I don't understand how you're going to be a gymnast. The doctor is saying this to me when he's not even talking about my injury. He's talking about how, how like how oh, tall you're just I am. So tall. Yes. And how I'm not going to fit on the beams. And I'm like, sir, can we, can we get to why I'm actually here? <laughs> um, so I probably started loving it around eighth grade and things started to click for me because when I first started, I was very clumsy, still clumsy to this day, but even more clumsy back then trying to get my balance and hand-eye coordination going on. Um, so about eighth grade, um, I think seventh grade, I got like my first MVP at Grace Brethren um, playing on varsity. And so it started to like, 
I got a little tease of what it could be. And then like, as I kept training and my skills kept getting bigger uh, or better, um, I started to realize this was my niche. Yeah. I will say, I do remember uh, <laughs> when you were younger, Lene was always super tall. She was like the tallest girl. And lanky. <laughs> was tall, lanky, and clumsy. But we always knew like one day, if we could just like get that, like we, we saw the natural ability and it was like, we just need to get that confidence with that natural ability. Yeah. And we knew that she was going to be like a superstar. But so to watch her grow from like this tall, lanky, like when you're in third, fourth grade, like you don't want to be the tallest one. You don't want to stick out like all the boys. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, so to see her blossom and even talking about all the things that she did, even starting in just middle school, is just it's awesome. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm vertically challenged. I thought I was going to get to at least 5'8", but I think I'm 5'5 five, five with 5'8 five, energy, so I feel it. <laughs> well, that's like, everyone will see our family, and my dad's tall, my mom's tall, I'm tall, and then you have my 5'5 five, five sister, and everyone's like, uh, so uh, what happened there? <laughs> she didn't get enough sleep. So I, got, I got all the jeans. <laughs> they I gave it all to yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh man. So uh tell us about your experience playing at Duke. Uh was what was it like playing at in the notorious Duke UNC rivalry? You know, how was that? It was amazing. And I look back today and to me and a lot of America, that's like the number one rivalry in America. And so to be a part of it. We there would be like some games that the only people there are like our season ticket holders and our and our parents and like a couple of classmates and everything. There's some games that it was not packed at all. But you know on that on that game, whether it's UNC or Duke, it's gonna be a sold out game. So yeah. you wanna perform your best, you wanna win the game most importantly, because whoever wins has like ownership until we pay until we play the next one. And like going out and everything and being in uh, North Carolina together, we, we were friends with the UNC girls um, and yeah. boys and everything. But when it came down to playing, of course, like, hey, I'll talk to you. I'll talk we to you tomorrow. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like we will see them like out and about and everything. The, the week before, we're like, look, we can't talk this week. I'll We'll see you next week, okay? <laughs> um, but overall, it was a great, great rivalry. Your team, that was the game where – your team came together um, even more than what we did because there would be overtimes because we both just won it so bad. Um, but it was great. It was great. Um, and then playing at Duke um, generally was a great experience too. It set me up for my future. Um, I always wanted to go to Duke. That was like my dream school. And so when I finally um, got the offer to go, it was like, it was a done deal. Um, my dad and I, we would watch the uh, Duke Blue Devils uh, UNC game growing up together. And I remember it was the championship game and I had school the next day. But the game, it was like 10, 11 o'clock. And I'm like, dad, I can't go to sleep yet. I can't go to sleep yet. We got to finish watching the game. Yeah. And Duke ended up winning the national championship that year men's. And I'm running around with like a phone finger, like a Duke phone finger, uh, wearing a Duke shirt, like waking up the whole house just because I was so excited. And so 
just to be able to experience my dad and my parents coming to watch me play now, which is like the same court that I watch many legends and people I look up to play on was a great experience for me. Yeah, so just a off the record question. Did they used to call you guys the Dookies? Oh yeah, they call us I call us that too. <laughs> I always call us laugh that. I actually wanted to go to Duke for like five seconds. And, and I was like, well wait, I'm gonna be running around being like, yeah, the Dookies out here. Yeah. <laughs> we call ourselves that too. I was like, I'm five years old, but that is hilarious. <laughs> and I really like it just off my tongue. I don't realize like what I'm saying or anything. I'm like, yeah, me and my Dookie friends. And they're like, um, <laughs> what? And they're like, what? Yeah, what? what? <laughs> it's like, you had to be there. <laughs> Go Dookie. <laughs> okay, so how was it balancing life and basketball as an NCAA athlete at a Power 5 school? It was hard. So you come out of high school and you think, you think you know everything. You think you're about to take the world on by its horns and 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 live life. But it's a great adjustment coming from high school, getting acclimated to the academics. You have academics plus sports schedule. You have academics plus sports schedule plus friendships and social life and everything. And so luckily the team that um, when I came in on the fresh, when I came in as a freshman, the seniors were great helping us, like, trying to get adjusted and everything, keeping us in line. Um, but as a freshman, you have, like, mandatory study hall. I, we had plenty of resources for for us to do what we need and get the job done because um, you're going to need a lot of support. You're going to miss classes, so you may need a tutor because you may miss, like, one lesson because you had to go away to a game or something, and the tutor is there to help explain it because you're not able to meet with the – the professor and everything. So we had great resources. I would never complain about that. But it was just hard because you want to take a nap, but you know you got a paper you need to finish. <laughs> and then you only have like a two-window break throughout the day um, before you go to practice and everything. So it's either take a two-hour nap and try and get as much done as that paper you can be before practice so you can finish it after practice or grind it out all night and stuff. So, but... Ended up working out. We graduated. <laughs> yes, you did. We got what we needed to do. <laughs> you got it done. <laughs> nice. But you know what? Honestly, though, I must say, when I was a manager for school that I went to, I don't even know how they balanced everything. Like, kudos to you. Especially, I'm not, I mean, a little biased. Especially women athletes in yeah. college. It's yeah. another, it's just another life for them. Like, it's literally being a juggler. Like, you really are playing a, a huge balancing act. And a lot of these, like, players are really, like, taking on extremely hard, tough majors. And I'm yeah. like, what are you, like engineering and all this stuff i'm like how are you even figuring all this out like i had like a couple of cat classes with some of the athletes on the team and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't even know how y'all are finding time because i don't have time so like <laughs> it's crazy but so kudos to you and congratulations on getting through all of that on a you thank know a you. higher level because that's awesome thank you um, so much of course of course so what will be the impact of the nil long term in your in your opinion since we're talking college i i think there's a 
pro a pro side to it and a con side to it. So I think if somebody, I'll I'll start with the con first, um, especially because I'm coaching now, and so I hear uh, our recruiting trips and everything for my players. And so the con I will say is that you have this amazing school that you want to play at. You know the you know the the coaches and the staff and the players are going to treat you as their own, and you're going to be there. However, they are their nil. Um, process is not as good as the school that is not going to be such a good fit for you emotionally and supportive wise in that sense. But as a as an eighteen year old, I would have chose the school that's going to give me more money at that time. Absolutely, than, exactly. Rather than the school that's going to treat me as their own and be there for me in times of needs and stuff. Not saying the other school can't, but you just felt more at home at the other school. However, the other school will set you up for a better future um, as far as financially and business-wise and stuff. Um, so that's the con side of it, in my opinion. The pro side is that I I love this for the players. Um, I wish it was around when I was a player. It's giving players and athletes the ability to find out who they are, like speed up the process of finding out who they are outside of basketball because they can start interest in different fields and hobbies to try and negotiate money out of it, which mm-hmm. is which is great. It's also setting them up for business-wise and learning how to negotiate. So when they get out of college, they have to negotiate a job offer. They've already done this. They already know. As, at 17, yeah. And so yeah. I think I think overall it's a great it's a great addition to um to the game and for all the athletes and I hope it continues going in the right direction and players are taking um, advantage of this uh, because it wasn't always around and to use it to benefit them rather than to harm them. Nice. I like that answer. For sure. All great perspectives that I know I didn't think of. Jocelyn, I don't know if you thought about that perspective, but I definitely agree that there's like pros and cons to it. And so everyone has to kind of weigh it out for themselves, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how NIL continues to transform, mm-hmm. um, you know, within the next few years. Yeah. And as far like when I was in college, my we got we got our scholarship, we got our our stipends and everything. But there were times where I was like, "Hey, mom, dad, can um can we work out an allowance and everything?" Yeah. And they have mom and dad. yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to go to Chick Fil A or something. <laughs> I had to pay rent the other day. Like, help me out. And so yeah. it's giving. I I don't know what my parents had going on. I thank them for answering my calls and lending me the money. But now. This is with kids getting NIL deals and having their own money. It's teaching them like a sense of of their own responsibility. Like I have money and I need to figure out how I can budget and everything. Because when I when I got a hold of money in college, I did not budget. I just swiped the card and kept right. going. So to go. hopefully they're a little better <laughs> off than what I was. <laughs> That's a lot of college kids. So you're all. I know you're not alone in that. Right. My parents just kept telling me, you know, you need to save. You need to save. And then senior year came. I was like, you know that money I was supposed to be saving? Um, yeah. <laughs> I got this new coffee table. So um, <laughs> I need to put something on there, you know? Right? <laughs> 
Well, we know you have had the privilege at Duke to play with some superstars in the WNBA now. Lexi Brown and Azurae Stevens, just to name a few. And you've had the opportunity to see them develop their game throughout the years. Um, Jocelyn and I are both LA Sparks fans. So what do you think they bring to the table this year in LA to help them win another championship? Well, if aces don't repeat, I think they're a high contender. I'm also biased because Azaree is my best friend. Alexi is a sister, like a sister to me because of our um, both of them playing with me and everything. And so I'm biased. I want them to succeed so, so much. Um, but I think this year, this was a great addition because in a way, you kind of have like a Kobe and Shaq. Uh, Azaree is not really like a big post-up posts and everything, but she can get she can get big and dirty down there. She can get lots of rebounds that are needed. Um, Lexi is an amazing shooter, and I think um, she was always a good shooter, but now her consistency is even better than what it was in college, and watching her um, grow on that spectrum has been amazing. Azaree, when we first started, because we went in at the same time, um, she was learning how to use her body and figure out her length and take her length to her advantage and everything um because she started she was a guard she's she's kind of like a a three four in a way now but she was primarily like a three when she was coming into college and so just to see her from going from Duke to UConn and then her professional career seeing her she'll walk someone down post up and then just (laughs) lay it up so easily and like freshman year, we saw her do that. We we were trying to get her to like, do you realize how tall you are? Like, come on, <laughs> like get down there. And um, but she can also step outside and take it off the wing and even shoot um her threes and everything. So seeing both of their games um excel has been amazing. Oh yeah, I've noticed Azrae got a little Candace Parker in her now. Yes. I, 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 I was watching her in Chicago and now to see her in LA, I'm like, ooh, she got a little Candace. Yes. yes. <laughs> I just love hearing the growth of Lexi Brown, seeing where she, you know, started out at the league in Connecticut, wasn't really getting a ton of playing time. And now to see her with the same coach. Now in LA, she's a veteran. She's got so much more experience and confidence under her belt. For Kurt Miller to tell her that she's the best shooter in the league right now is really such a big deal. Um, yes. Coming from someone that, you know, didn't really give her a lot of playing time five, six years mm-hmm. ago. Yes, I think she's a, she's probably a, the best addition LA has had for them because she can, from one, two, and three, she can she can get you what you need. For sure. So on that note, who is the team that you think looks super dangerous right now that no one has really had their eye on for playoffs, but you might think that they could come in and really mess things up a little bit? For for people to not have their eye on, I would definitely say the Sparks. Um, I think they're like an un, not an underdog in a way, but they have a lot of talent. Um, they have De'Arica Hamby. They have um, – Azare, Lexi, Chne, like they just have so much talent on that team. And I think once they, they've already started to figure it out and everything, but because of, there's a lot of newcomers, they just have to build that team chemistry and everything. They have Zai Cook as well. And everyone, like no matter the day, somebody's going to step out and on that team. Like somebody's going to have a phenomenal game. And it can be the same person for a month 
or it can rotate because that's how versatile they are. Yeah, I just realized how, like, not even just realized, but their team is so deep. You They're know, like, They're even I'm like, Kurt, like, you know, you know when around, like, Kurt, you gotta, you can just rotate these players. And it's just fun to see, like, which rotation works the best. And mm -hmm. um, even seeing our girl Cook start, I was like, yo, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm loving him playing the, you know, the rookie. Uh, but yeah, you're so right about that. Like they're, the team is great. And if all of them are feeling good at any given time, anybody can really go off and, and like mm -hmm. make it real hard for the other team, whoever they're playing. So I, I hear you on that. Um, what makes Asia Wilson different from the rest of the competition? Do you think? I would also say her consistency. She's been consistent since freshman year. Like, she has not stopped. <laughs> and even if she has a bad game, like, her bad game is still some people's best game. And mm -hmm. I grew up playing against her in high school and everything, and we battled down there. And she's just – and she's humble, too. She's not one of the people that's walking around acting like they're the best when she 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 could be the best right now. Yeah. And, um, like, I saw her in Chicago last year for All-Star Weekend, and we talked just like old times. And – She's just someone with genuine energy, and but when it's time to go to work, she's she's going to work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, for sure. Asia is so amazing to watch, and I I watched her from the jump when you know she was at with the Gamecocks with Dawn, and she's exceptional, and she's only getting better, which is even scarier. Yes. And I just pray it never gets to her head because, like you said, she does show that you know how humble she is. But, you know, she gives you that fire, too, on the court. Yes. Like, you know, I was scared one of those games. I thought she was going to get ejected. But, you know, <laughs> you to see that passion. And um, you just want to keep watching her because she is one to watch for sure. So Yes, she is. Oh, yeah. And one thing she recently said that I thought was so important was that every game that she goes out, she tries to be better than the last game. Mm -hmm. And I think you can definitely tell because she goes out with the same amount of energy every time. Like she never, mm -hmm. it looks like she's never tired. It yeah. looks like she never has anything going on in life because <laughs> basketball is all that we're focusing on right now. And I think that that's just a true testament to her work ethic and also her passion for the game. Mm -hmm. Bye. I agree. And so as an athlete, how important is mental health since that's your field? I think that mental health is is a great, a great aspect in the game. And a lot of people aren't realizing that uh, we've gotten so much better over the years. But I tell my players now, like, if you have a sprained ankle, I can't put you in. And if you're not right mentally, I also can't put you in because um, a lot of people don't treat mental health as good as their physical health and if your mind is all over the place whether you have anxiety whether you have things going on off the court you have to be, be like as some as somewhat at some somewhere oh, what am I trying to say you have to be somewhat at peace with yourself so you can be the best person that you're the best player that you're trying to be that may I'm trying to it sounds way better in my head than what I'm trying to say it but <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm trying to say no definitely. um Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, mental health is huge. I mean, like I was talking about this even with like some of my friends. Like if your head is out of the game, a lot of players are they play like that. When we talk we talked about, you know, basketball culture before, like there's a lot of trash talking, 
you know, and one of the things that can get you out off your game and out of the game is losing your head, losing your mm-hmm. mindset. And, you know, some players know that, that, you know, if I, if I keep talking in this person's ear, they're going to lose it. They're, they're, they're going to take them out of their game. I think the best players you mentioned Kobe earlier was one of those trash talkers. He could spew it out, yeah. but he also take it and he would put himself in this crazy mindset you know the mamba mentality and yeah. just get it done right and i think you know obviously we talked about jewel lloyd uh last episode sam she's got that too in her i think there's some players that could just turn on um mm-hmm. and mental it's all mental the way that they yeah. just go into another gear especially like every time a team goes into overtime that's besides like conditioning it's mental it's your heart yeah. And it's your mind, like telling you, "Yo, you can do this. Let's get it done." So you're you're so right about that. Mental yeah. is huge in basketball, and that's why um, earlier when I said uh, when we played Duke and UNC, like overtimes happen. That's when your team becomes more more one than we already were because we're fighting the same battle. We're tired. We gotta if I if I'm, if I'm on the court, whether I'm on the court, I'm on the bench. If I just come off or something and I'm and I'm looking dead, my teammate has to pick me up. Or if one of my teammates come on, I have to pick her up to say, like, look, I'm here for you. I got your back. But we got to finish this. We got to finish this game together. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now in mental health advocacy and just your life post playing at Duke. Yeah. So um, like I said throughout the episode, I'm coaching. Um, I coach uh, AAU right now, which um, team takeover and that's who I grew up playing with as well and then I was coaching um, some high school but with my regular schedule um, my full-time job is I'm a surgical technician and assistant so I just have a crazy schedule so I was like you know I may just have to do the summer and take um, take a break during the year while the girls are in their high school seasons and everything um, so I'm doing that um, I work a little bit with mental health as well. I have my own own nonprofit foundation um, called One of a Kind Foundation Corporation, and then I also work with um, another nonprofit called Morgan's Message. And Morgan is dedicated to um, Morgan Rogers, who ended up dying by suicide. I think in 2019, I believe um, she played lacrosse at Duke. And so her friends and family started the organization and me being knowing Morgan in college and everything, I decided to help out with that. So with all that being said, <laughs> with me working with so closely with mental health, I just try and preach to my uh, preach to the kids that I coach myself that you sometimes rest days are not always bad. You need those things. It's okay not to be okay. And just, just know that I'm an outsour- outsource for them on and off the court. That's really important. Awesome and so inspirational. Thank you. You have said that you are a coach. We're going to put your eye for talent to the test. Oh, gosh. You name your breakout star of the week. If you had to choose one player that you think deserves a little bit more shine this week in the WNBA, who would you choose and why? I'm choosing Bierica Hamby um, for the LA Sparks. Um, I watched the Sparks quite often because of my um, past teammates and this week I believe I cannot remember the two games they had but one game she had 23 points and the next game she had 14 points and nine rebounds and so it's just kind of like 
she's had she's had a this is her first time on the LA Sparks. This is her time with the her first time with this team because she was originally with the Aces and she had deep connections with some of the, the teammates on that team as well. And so just to see her blossom and finding her way on this team has been such a great um a great thing to watch also because of the summer she's had she just had a baby like and it's just she has two kids now and i'm just like super mom right there super mom <laughs> we've been talking about this <laughs> <laughs> like it's just amazing like i i like katie lou samuelson is pregnant right now as well and i just love watching like there, there are two types of women for those for for the women that have kids. Like they come on the court, they bust their ass, they they do what they need to do. They're there for their teammates, and then as soon as the game's over, they go and they go to their kids, and they bust their ass for them. And they're there for their kids. So it's just like those are two completely different humans right there, and it's just amazing just to see them like come through as one. When you see like Bierica and these kids or Candace Parker kids at the games. Um, and the kids cheering on their moms and everything. So, um, she's my breakout player of the of the week. <laughs> Great pick. We can't That's talk. We can't say enough about Derrica, right, Sam? <laughs> We've mentioned her many times before many because times. she deserves all the accolades this season. Yeah, Every time yeah. I see her like on the court, I'm just I'm sad one that it's not in the Aces jersey. I know. <laughs> super happy that like it is with the Sparks and she's getting the playing time and she's mm-hmm. showing out at that. Like she that is eloquently like talked about. She is showing out, and I love that she is and. I hope every time she steps on that court, she knows how amazing she is because she is. She's just I hope that. she does too, for sure. Okay, Jocelyn, who Me? is the breakout player of the league? <laughs> Mine? So my breakout star for today's episode is a 10-year veteran guard, and she made the WNBA All-Rookie Team in 2014. She was a WNBA All-Star in 2019, and made all WNBA second team that same year. So my breakout star today, y'all, is, and I guess I could even call her an unsung hero, is Odyssey Sims, okay? Mm -hmm. So for me, I think her most recent impressive presence in the WNBA happened just last year when she signed a seven-day hardship contract with Connecticut in -hmm. early August and then ultimately ended up signing uh, with them for the remainder of the season in August on August 10th. Uh, she appeared in all 12 playoff games for the Sun and their push for the championship against the Aces in 2022. So I don't know about these hardship contracts that are <laughs> around into a good way because, you know, we talked about Destiny Henderson. And now, you know, uh, listen, Odyssey Sims is no stranger to the hardship contract. I think it's safe to say that Sims is, you know, one of like the best flexible and adaptable players, which I think speaks to her love of the game, the value she adds. And she can honestly play for any team because <laughs> Odyssey has been like, this is not her first rodeo with like the hardship contracts. Cause again, you know, with obviously with the Wayne's, but Odyssey was signed to get another hardship contract just two weeks ago on June 7th, when the Wings had less than 10 available players uh, do the roster because you know they've been struggling with the injuries. They had three guards out. I think it was a uh, Crystal Dangerfield, 
uh, Diamond DeShield and uh, uh, Lou Lopez, they all were out due to uh, injuries. And then they also have a center, uh, uh, Tierra McCowan, and she's out because she's over there playing in the Euro basket for Turkey overseas. So I'm like, poor, poor wings. They need to figure it out. <laughs> so, I mean, Odyssey swooped in there. And she helped out. She played four games with the Wings, averaging like four to five points, five assists. So she wasn't putting up big points, but she's still a great ball handler. You know, she's a point guard. She she can the ball is safe in her hands. And she was averaging, you know, those five assists. All those assists could lead to made shots, right? Like that could mm-hmm. lead to like 10 to 15 points on the scoreboard. So let's not forget, you know, that she's picking, you know, she's picking up like some great pointers to like you know play with everybody one and two she's setting up people to like play well so let's look at her for the future the rest of y'all in the league I'm just saying like honestly <laughs> fun to like grab because as we talk about Destiny Henderson I think she's one of those players that can just adapt to every team because she's damn near played for almost everybody because really quick I swear really quick I just gotta run down like how many teams she's played for okay so in 2015 she was um she was with the shock so i don't know if you guys knew that the shock was uh they used to be they were uh, what is it tulsa the tulsa shock and Mm -hmm. they uh they were they actually relocated in dallas in 2016 and they became the dallas wings so she was with them through that because she was drafted back in uh 2014 second draft pick uh from baylor uh, and she was, you know, drafted to the Tulsa Shock. So she went with them in that transition over to Dallas. So it's not her first rodeo with the Dallas Wings, just saying. But anyway, 2015, she was still with the Shock. And she was putting up some crazy points. Um, even her rookie season, she was the best. She was averaging, like, up there in, like, the 20s, 20 points per game. I mean, she was putting in all the work. I mean, on all sides, she was doing assists. She was giving you some assists. She was giving everything. Um, 2016, she was still with the Dallas. Uh, she no, she was with the yeah Dallas Wings, and she was the leading team and again and and assists and points. In 2017, she was with the LA Sparks, and she started uh, what 14 games out of 31, and her highest uh, point. Uh, game was 28 so I mean come on man like she's out here doing crazy <laughs> stuff all right so yeah you got three right 20, three. Uh, 2018 <laughs> she's still with the sparks she was still putting in work her highest score, scoring game was 21 so she was putting in big points 2019 she was now with the Minnesota Lynx <laughs> okay I mean talk about a hip and she led them in scoring and assists uh, and she had a high game of like 30 points so first of all let's not forget she got a hot hand when she get real hot like she can put up 20 plus mm-hmm. all right in 2020 the COVID season and months after giving birth okay she gave birth so she was back on the court and she had a high a game of nine assists in one game. I mean, she was out here. And then in 2021, add another finger because she had <laughs> a dream, okay? WNBA record of 13 assists off the bench and another high season of 20-plus points per game. So, I mean, come on now. Like, put some respect on Odyssey Sims' name. I was like, yo, yes. I can't believe she's just been this amazing. 
I mean, and in 2022, she played two games in the uh, with Minnesota before her mutual separation and signing the seven-day hardship with the Sun. So how many teams is that? It's crazy. That's, that's so, six. And whatever role, needs to say, wherever she goes, she's going to make it happen. So I really would love to see her back in a jersey somewhere because it don't really matter. <laughs> she's going to do what she needs to do. Very true. Very true. <laughs> that's it. It's not, it's for me. <laughs> well, my breakout star, actually stars of the week, are the big three for the Atlanta Dream, Ryan Howard, Alicia Gray, and Cheyenne Parker. Now, I've already talked previously about my love for Alicia Gray and her transition over from Dallas to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Did you say it? Did you talk a lot about her? I, I did. But I didn't talk about more. To see the chemistry that the three of them have together mm -hmm. and to see Alicia fit so seamlessly into their style of play, it's like they've been playing together for years. Mm -hmm. And they're still relatively new to the team. I mean, you have Cheyenne Parker, who this is her third season. She came from Chicago. You have Ryan Howard that was just drafted last year. And then you have Alicia Gray that came on this year from Dallas. So these are three players that are, you know, one after the other had to find themselves acclimating to a new dynamic. They have a new-ish coach in Tanisha Wright, who's only, this is only her second year there. But she's a WNBA veteran, so she knows what she's talking about. And she is there to get results. And it's so nice to see her as a coach be able to tell these players like you know what your strengths are play to mm -hmm. your strengths like i see you i need you to see you you know right. alicia gray wants to hit every open shot mm -hmm. she wants to drive it down to the hole so she tanisha Wright is like okay we need to find a way for alicia gray to make her shot because she gonna take the shot we just need to make sure it goes in a hole. You know, we need to get Parker down low because Parker likes to be under the basket. She likes to dominate the paint. So we need to make sure that we're pulling away the defense so that she can get under the basket. Ryan Howard, she likes that mid-range jumper, but she also likes to be all over the place. She can shoot from three. She can shoot from the mid-range. She can get in the paint. And so she, Tanisha Wright is all about creating opportunities specifically for these three players. And more than one commentator has named them like the new big three of the league. And I just don't think that Atlanta Dream as a team gets enough shine because they started out pretty rocky. They lost their first home game. They really struggled a lot in the fourth quarter and closing out some of those games. Um, and so, but I definitely think that they're going to be a threat moving into the latter part of the season and into the playoffs. They might not win a championship, but they're definitely a sleeper team that is going to get into the playoffs and cause some problems. So yeah. those are my breakout stars for the week. I love that. And also, didn't she do an interview where she's over here talking, Alicia Gray, that she's talking about she gets buckets? I was like, you <laughs> confident. She said, yes. I'm going left. I'm getting a bucket. <laughs> you know? and don't give her an opportunity to use her left hand. hand because she's going to the left and she's putting it in the hole. She said, bucket, I'm getting a bucket. Call me bucket. <laughs> so we might have to start calling her buckets. We might have to start saying who had buckets this like this week. <laughs> I love that whole I'm like, okay, personality. But it's just a testament to, you know, Alicia Gray and Cheyenne Parker have been in the league for a significant amount of time now to where they are very aware of their game. 
They're very aware of their body and their positioning, especially when it gets down underneath the basket. And so they know how to create moves, not only for themselves, but for the players around them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a true baller. Okay. I, I love Alicia Gray. I always love watching her play. It, it's so hard not watching her play like with uh, Asia Wilson or, you know, just, yeah. and Game cock alone. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the caliber, like, what going back to what you said, Lene, like, you know, Dawn Staley, I'm just saying, she knows how to produce. Produce a Yeah, I mean, it's just unmatched. <laughs> so, as we wrap this episode up, Jocelyn, can you tell the people where they can find us? Y'all can find us on IG at Beyond the Bleachers underscore. And again, don't you like giveaways, Sam? I mean, y'all gotta follow, just subscribe, comment, talk to us because if you don't like and follow us, you're not gonna get in the you know in the queue for the, the giveaways. And I know y'all like some <laughs> stuff. I mean, Lene, do you like free stuff? I like free stuff. Free ninety nine, okay. <laughs> Come on in, follow us. We want to hear from y'all. And Lene, if they if the people want to reach out to you, where can they find out more about what you're doing? You guys can follow me on Instagram, which is just Lene underscore B E and Lene is spelled L-Y-N-E-E underscore B E. Um, so yeah, that's where I do all my updates and everything. And yeah. Thank you guys for having me, by the way, also. Oh, okay. thank you so much for coming. You are now a part of the Beyond the Bleachers family. He's a sophisticated spectator now. Coach, <laughs> everything. Listen, <laughs> I love it. You're part of it. Me family. too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye. See ya. <laughs>